Well, we've reached the end of the week. Just one more day until it's Tennessee and Florida. What type of problems do the Florida Gators present? And how can Tennessee overcome those problems to pick up that W tomorrow? Your preview for Tennessee and Florida. It happens now right here on Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into it. This is Locked On Vols, a part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, this is your go-to Tennessee Volunteers podcast because the Vols are your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. Uh, I write for the On3 side covering the University of Tennessee. That is VolQuest.com. And, of course, I'm your host right here of Locked on Vols. Please find the show wherever you find your podcast completely free. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button on YouTube, please. We're pushing to 5K. Want to get there by the end of football season. We're just over about 1,200 or so away. So hit that subscribe button, support the show on YouTube. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind, rate me five stars, leave me a positive review. All that stuff matters in the end. All right, got a fun show coming up today. We've discussed all week long. We look back at Akron. We've had some special guests on the show. We've looked forward to Florida. We've talked about the challenges, all that type of stuff. But let's dive into the Florida Gators. Who are they? What's their personnel? What's the stat sheet say? All that coming up here on a show. We'll here on today's show. We'll look at Florida's offense here, Florida's defense in segment two, and then to cap off a week's worth of show, why don't we hear from the voice of the Tennessee football team, the voice of the Vols, Bob Kessling, will join the show coming up in segment number three. All right, so the Florida Gators, who are they? Well, of course, Florida is 2-1 and one on the season. A win in overtime, a heck of a win for Billy Napier uh, to kick off his college, his uh, Florida career, a 29-26 over, at the time, number seven, Utah. I thought... Um, Utah was overranked. I thought Utah was overhyped with all the talk in the offseason. Um, I still think they're an okay team, but I just, I mean, there were some people picking them to be their sleepers for the college football playoff. I mean, come on. I understand what a sleeper is. I get it. But like, let's be real here. Uh, but that was still a, a stick, still a heck of a win, tongue tied, uh, for Billy Napier in Florida to kick off the season. A lot of people thought Florida was for real. A lot of people thought Florida was going to present challenges in the SEC East after week one. Maybe I bought into it just a little bit, thinking that Florida was much better than what I anticipated the Gators being. But since they've fallen back down to earth um, in Kentucky, a, a game against Kentucky, lost to the Wildcats in week two, 26-16, where Anthony Richardson just couldn't get anything going, and then narrowly escaped upset at home again from South Florida uh, last weekend, 31-28. to This will be the first road game for the Gators and the first SEC road start for Anthony Richardson. Offensively, uh, 25.3 points per game. They're averaging 353 yards of total offense, 58 plays per game. They're averaging six yards per play are the Gators. Uh, passing, it's been abysmal. 141 yards through the air. On the season for Anthony Richardson, no passing touchdowns, four interceptions thrown. Rushing, obviously, if you're not doing anything well uh, through the air, you'd hope that you have a good run game, and Florida does have that. 212 yards per game so far this season, eight rushing touchdowns. Again, no passing touchdowns on the year for this Florida offense. Time of possession, the Gators are possessing the football 26 minutes on average per game. 
They're averaging 17 first downs per game. They're 39% offensively on third downs, 14 of 36. They've only attempted five fourth down conversions. They have converted on three of them, 60% on fourth down. They have lost one fumble, as I mentioned. They have thrown four interceptions. They're straight even in the turnover ratio on the season. They've turned it over five times. They have um, corralled or created five turnovers on defense. They have allowed three sacks on the season, which is a pretty decent clip. And uh, they've only allowed 11 tackles for loss on the season. So, um, you know, when you're looking at this Florida offense, again, it's not been great. 29 points in week one, 16 points against an SEC opponent in week two in Kentucky, and then 31 points against South Florida, where I don't know where the line was in that football game, but I would imagine that Florida was you know, favored by at least 13 or 14 points, at least. Um, it's just not been very pretty on offense so far, and a big reason for that is Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson has got all the potential in the world. He's six foot six, about 235. He is what NFL coaches want in a quarterback nowadays. Um, you know, some people, it's just hilarious. Some people like to uh, catch something that any of us, not just me, any of us say and hold on to that little tiny clip uh, for it to come around and then throw it back in your face. I mean, I'm, it's part of the business. I get it. But a lot of people are giving me flack about how I said in the offseason that Anthony Richardson was an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, he's not playing like one right now. No doubt about it. He is playing like dog duty right now. But just to show you what people still think of his NFL uh, future, CBS Sports came out with the latest mock draft uh, a couple of days ago. He was still a first-rounder. Again, I'm not saying that he's that, but he does have an NFL future if he can just figure it out. But, I mean, obviously it's, it has not been good so far. Uh, 423 yards passing on the season so far, completing passes at only 53%. Again, no touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, he's rushed for 134 yards and three touchdowns, 106 of those yards, and all three of those touchdowns came in the win over Utah where he ran wild. Uh, and speaking with people, think that he took a hit at the first of the Kentucky game, and he hasn't really been the same since. Uh, Jack Miller, the backup quarterback for Florida, is out for this football game, and um, they, they don't really have anybody that they trust behind Anthony Richardson right now. So maybe some of that talk is uh, because of him not running is because they don't have many – uh, people behind him, but I think he might be a little banged up right now. But still, the reason the offense has struggled, especially through the past game for Florida, is because Anthony Richardson has just played like crap so far this season, especially throwing the football. Uh, let's see if Tennessee can keep that trend. Obviously, uh, they're going to need to if they want to win this football game. What Florida has done well is running the football. Uh, running the football, 283 yards rushing against Utah, and 217 yards rushing against Southern or South Florida a week ago. They have a three-headed monster, plus Anthony Richardson as well, who can run. Uh, the starter is Naquan Wright. He's actually the third in this pecking order in terms of production so far, but the starter is Naquan Wright, 100 yards on the season, one touchdown. He's averaging 4.2 yards per carry. Um, the real good surprise, the big bolt in this offense for Florida so far has been Louisiana transfer Montel Johnson, 240 yards, averaging 9.6 yards per carry and a pair of touchdowns. And then freshman Trevor Etienne, who's the brother of Travis Etienne, 166 yards, two touchdowns, and um, he's averaging 7.5 yards per carry. So good running team, horrible through the air. And when you look at the stats for the receiver so far through three games, it's just not even worth even mentioning to this point. Uh, Xavier... Henderson's the leading receiver. He has 15 receptions for 94 yards. 
Uh, Ricky Parcell, seven receptions, 120 yards. Tight end Keon Zippier, six receptions, 57 yards. Another tight end, Dante Zanders, one reception, four yards. Wide receiver Justin Shorter, six receptions, 84 yards. Again, just not not a whole lot of production there so far. The offensive line, obviously, if you run the football, you're a good offensive line. Offensive line that's only given up. And I flipped that a minute ago. This offensive line has surrendered only, let's see here, surrendered only two sacks so far this season and allowed only nine negative plays behind the line of scrimmage. So I had that flip. But anyway, they returned three starters, and they added Louisiana transfer guard Osirius Torrance, who's a really good player. So he was voted preseason all SEC. That is what the offense looks like for Tennessee. Again, I've been talking about it all week long. Um, you know, I, I think Tennessee is better in the front seven, uh, potentially. Potentially, we'll find out once you get an SEC play this week. Um, in the front seven, I think they're still trying to figure some things out in the back end, especially at cornerback. You know, we'll see if Warren Burrell plays, but it might be a whole lot of Christian Charles again and Kamal Haddon. Um, are they going to pick on Christian Charles? Safeties. Uh, I think this is going to be a big game for run support. Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers, huge. Um, but more so than anything, this front seven has got to keep Anthony Richardson between the tackles. Do not let him, I don't care if he's banged up or not, do not let him evade. Do not let him draw back and then, and then take off up the middle. Keep the integrity of your rush lanes. Tyler Barron was speaking on that earlier this week. It's going to be so critical in a game like this with Anthony Richardson. Do we remember? Yes, we do. But do we remember Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, um, a little bit of Bryce Young, um, Emory Jones from last year. Tennessee was horrible at defending the quarterback run. You've got to keep integrity in those pass lanes, and that's going to be huge uh, in this football game. Also, I'm so intrigued both on both sides of the ball for Tennessee's rushing attack to see what it is. Also, Tennessee's rush defense been really good against the rush so far, the run so far. But again, you had one game and then two MAC opponents. You're going to be tested 100% against your rival, and that is Florida. So that's a look at Florida's offense could be so much better. It's not playing that way so far. Can Tennessee keep the bad times rolling for the Gators? We will find out come Saturday. I'm intrigued to see what the Tennessee defense looks like against Anthony Richardson and this Florida offense. So we'll come back. We'll talk about Florida's defense and the challenges there here in just one moment as we continue on with this uh, Florida Gators preview for the Tennessee Volunteers. Big time matchup come 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. But guys, let me remind you about Underdog Fantasy, okay? It is fantastic. Um, it's the easiest place to sign up this college football season. Um, easy to play, available in over 30 states. Just pick between two to five players across any team, not just your team, it can be any team, and decide if they're going to finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy uh, fantasy games to play out there, and you can win every single game. Again, it's that easy. Uh, sign up with the promo code Locked On, and uh, that's one word, Locked On. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. You deposit hundred dollars, you get a hundred dollars for free. If you deposit fifty dollars, you get fifty dollars for free because Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. So go right now to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Uh, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. One word, locked on. Get in the college football pick em action right now. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, welcome back into this Friday edition of Locked On Vols. We continue on with the Florida Gators Tennessee Volunteers preview. That's SEO talk. I'm spitting out of my mouth right now instead of writing down uh, on the computer. Uh, but it's Tennessee, Florida preview. Tennessee, of course, you know, we, we know by now. I haven't been harping on it because you know it. You know it. 16 to last 17. Tennessee's not once, not once since 2016. Oddly enough, the last time college game day was in town. Uh, so a great opportunity for Tennessee to uh, kind of shift the tide in this series. And, and there's a lot of optimism. I mean, Tennessee, at the, at the current time of this recording, Tennessee is a 10.5-point favorite uh, per bet online. Uh, again, I, I I would take Florida to cover that spread, Tennessee to win. If you want to take Tennessee money line, I would take Tennessee money line. I like Tennessee in this football game, and I like it to be slightly over the 62.5. And, and so um, that's just kind of where I'm at in this one. But remember, I do think it's going to be a dogfight. I do think that uh, neither team's going to run away with it. I mean, I think Tennessee is a better football team, obviously, but you've got some injury situations. Cedric Tillman, we'll see if he gives it a go. If you're asking me here on a Friday, Guys, I just I feel like I have more faith in the running backs that would play more than Cedric Tillman. That's not to say Cedric Tillman won't play, but I feel more confident that you will see Jabari da- Davis, Jabari Small, and uh, Dylan Sampson more than you will see Cedric Tillman. That's just me. We'll find out. Uh, ultimately, if Tennessee doesn't have Cedric Tillman, I think you're going to see a, a combination of some things. I think you'll see Brew McCoy go from the left side to the right side of the formation so he can pair up with Jalen Hyde a little bit more. I think you'll see Ramel Keaton and Walker Morrell uh, try to kind of kind of split the split the timeshare there and trying to replace uh, Cedric Tillman where Brew McCoy actually was on the other side. Also, I think you might see Jalen Hyatt uh, tour around going to the outside a little bit and, and put a little squirrel in there at slot or some different combinations. You'll have to be creative. I mean, Cedric Tillman is a great, great football player. Um, he's not you know, one of the best wide receivers in the country for no reason. So if he's not able to go, I look for Tennessee to be creative a little bit and trying to replace that. But what I do think will happen is Brew McCoy will flip sides and um, a lot of those targets, most of those targets that go to Cedric Tillman will likely go to uh, Brew McCoy. So that's Tennessee offensively. We'll see about the injuries. It's been a big storyline all week long, obviously, but uh, we'll see who's out there. But more so than anything, uh, this is a – uh, a, a defense for Florida that doesn't necessarily look like your normal Florida defense. Why? Well, listen to these stats, okay? Through three games, again, gave up 26 points to Utah, gave up 26 points to uh, Kentucky, and then gave up 28 points, surprisingly, to South Florida. Now, in that game against South Florida, did not have the quarterback of your defense, Ventrell Miller. Uh, Gators online, uh, the uh, on-three-side four of the Florida Gators, they came out on Wednesday night and said that Ventro Miller is questionable for this football game. He's been practicing some this week, according to Billy Napier. We'll have to see if he can go. Um, maybe it's a situation where he gives it a go but can't finish. I don't know. But he is a important player, a six-year player in the middle layer of that defense for Florida. He is the quarterback. He gets him lined up. If he is not able to go in this football game, that would be a big win for Tennessee. You would need to take advantage. If he's out there, obviously things will get a little tougher. So, Tennessee's dealing with some injuries, as is Florida at linebacker Ventrell Miller. But uh, 26.7 points per game is what this defense is giving up. 373 yards of total offense. So they've the, the opponents have actually outgained Florida to this point. 69 plays per game where Florida's running only 58 offensively. 
Uh, average yards per play, 5.4 yards, 178 yards on average through the through the air, 195 yards averaging on the ground through three games. Remember, as good as Florida is running the football, almost equally as bad defending it through three games. Listen to this. Uh, Florida gave up 230 rushing yards to Utah in week one. Florida gave up 286 yards on the ground to South Florida. South Florida last week uh, had a really nice game in week two defending the run. Of course, it was no Chris Rodriguez in that football game, but Kentucky only managed 70 yards on the ground against Florida in week two. Miller played in that football game, so it's not been good uh, defending the run whatsoever. Uh, Yards per carry, 4.8 yards per carry on the ground per average for teams against Florida. Six rushing touchdowns. They've thrown for two touchdowns against Florida's defense. Opponents are averaging 34 minutes per game of time of possession. Uh, averaging 21 first downs, averaging 49% of third downs, 20 of 41, straight 50%, two of four on fourth downs are opponents against Florida's defense. Uh, they've they've uh, taken the ball away one time on the ground, a fumble recovery. They have intercepted Florida and Anthony Richardson four times, as I've mentioned, and they have corralled, they have, uh, corralled three sacks. Just kidding. Opponents have only had two sacks and nine TFLs so far again, or excuse me, Florida, <laughs> Florida has, I've gotten that flip both segments. Florida has managed three sacks on the season and 11 tackles for loss so far on the year. So what about the personnel? Well, they run kind of a four, two, five, a little three, four, they're multiple. Um, last week, whenever Ventro Miller wasn't in the ball game, they went more four, two, five in that football game, but up front, Brennan Cox jr. One of the best pass rushers in the sec. He's on one side. You're gonna have to watch him for sure. Desmond Watson, a player who is north of 400 pounds, about 415. He's going to play in this football game. I'm intrigued to see how Tennessee's tempo will affect the big man. I, you know, there's been talk about him playing a lot more in this football game, and I don't, I don't, I don't know why. Um, because I thought in a game like this, he would not be much of a factor. But uh, Cooper Mays, Jerome Carvin, Javante Spragans, they have the work cut out for them with a 415 pounder, Desmond Watson in the interior. Uh, Germ, uh, Jervon Dexter Sr. is another veteran in this league. He's played a lot of football. He's in the interior. Jack Lee is a guy on the exterior defensive line. And uh, another edge player, Antoine, let's see, there's always a name. Antoine Powell Ryland is also a guy up front for Florida who has been making a little noise so far. Ventro Miller's the quarterback of the defense. Again, very questionable for this football game at linebacker. Shamar James, the guy that plays a lot of football in his absence. Uh, Amari, Amari Bernie is a converted safety that plays a little linebacker now, also plays a little nickelback. He's kind of a utility player. He's in that second layer of the defense a lot of times. You know, linebackers are okay. They're a whole lot better with Ventro Miller. We'll see if he plays. And then in the back end, this is where the strength of Florida's defense comes from, okay? you got two safeties who are really, really good. Trey Dean III, the strong safety, he has 30 tackles. He's the leading tackler for Florida so far this season, two and a half TFLs as well. His counterpart at free, the free safety, is Rashad Torrance the second, 22 tackles, that's second on the team. And last year, he had three interceptions for the Gators. Uh, the star players, Travez Johnson, who has an interception, almost had a pick six um, earlier in the season, eight tackles as well. Cornerbacks, they rotate about four to five cornerbacks so far in the early going. Um, you got Amari, excuse me, not Amari Barney. You got Jason Marshall who's a starter. You have Avery uh, Helm, who is a starter. You also have Jalen Kimber, uh, who is a guy who had a pick six, excuse me. And uh, he also rotates in there as well. So 
What you need to know about Florida's defense, the strength is in the back end. So why is that important? Well, Cedric Tillman or not, Tennessee's going to throw it around. Tennessee's strength on offense is throwing the football with Hendon Hooker to Jalen Hyatt, to Brew McCoy, to Cedric Tillman if he's in there, uh, to the pop passes over the middle with the tight ends, Princeton fan, Jacob Warren. Um, I'm intrigued to see that matchup. I think it's going to be a fun matchup, Tennessee's passing offense against the Gators uh, secondary. Now, Tennessee's going to need to protect him. Gerald Mincy's been a really good pass protector so far. He'll have his hands full with Brendan Cox Jr. on the edge. The line or the running backs will have a big uh, say in that, whether it's Shailen Wright. Um, you know, hopefully Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson play in this game. They're going to have uh, challenges for sure. Princeton fans in an emergency situation will be the running back. Uh, hopefully you won't have to see that whatsoever. But also, one more matchup I'm intrigued to see. What about this run, this run game for Tennessee? I, I don't know what this run game is. I really don't. Tennessee didn't try to run the football against Pittsburgh, really, in a traditional sense. And Tennessee ran all over two MAC teams. So, you know, what do we know about this? Uh, there's opportunity there to run the football against Florida. Uh, you know, in two of the three games, they've allowed uh, over 200 yards and, and almost 300 yards. So there's going to be opportunity there. Let's see if Jalen Wright can have a big football game for Tennessee because Josh Heupel wants to run the football. He said it continuously, wants to run the football, and uh, Tennessee will definitely attempt to run the football against the Gators. That is a look at Florida's defense, the personnel, what we need to be looking out for. It's Tennessee and Florida tomorrow, 3.30. Let's see if Tennessee can kind of break the bad luck against the Gators. All eyes at the college football world will be on this matchup. College game day, Checker Nealon, all the works. That's coming up tomorrow at 3.30. Guys, Let's call it a week, shall we? Let's hear from Bob Kessling, the voice of the Tennessee Volunteers. He will take us home here in segment three, right here on Locked on Balls. Bob, this game, it obviously means a whole lot to Tennessee fans, mm -hmm. the people in this building. Not a whole lot of luck against Florida here lately, but it, there's a lot of optimism this year. I mean, Tennessee's obviously a favorite, but it should be a really good game come Saturday. Yeah, I think so, and I think people that are saying, well, you know, Tennessee's going to just roll them over, um, you know, you've got to be cautious with that because oh, yeah. we've seen that uh, back down through the years. A lot of times a favored team in this series doesn't win, and uh, Tennessee's been on this side before and has come up short. But uh, you, look at, you look at the matchups, and it seems on paper, at least going in, Tennessee wins a lot of the matchups, mm -hmm. the head-to-head matchups. So we'll see how that plays out during the game. But it's going to come down to, as it usually does, quarterbacks making plays. And can Hendon Hooker make more plays than Anthony Richardson? And that may be what this thing boils down to. Yeah, no doubt. And you got two guys that are kind of playing. I mean, Hooker's playing very well right now. Richardson doesn't have a lot of confidence. He ran all over the place against Utah in week one. But since then, is he might be a bit banged up. But he's just not really been looking like himself in terms of what he could be. Um, what do you like about what Florida has done offensively, even though it's been a, a little bit of a struggle the last two weeks? Well, they have been able to run the ball uh, pretty well. Uh, and Richardson, when he gets out on the edge, can make some plays. Kentucky did a great job of keeping him bottled up. So did South Florida. He, the last two games, he's looked like he's kind of been a reluctant runner. There was some, some stories out of the Florida media that because their backup guy, Jack Miller, is hurt, that maybe they don't run, want him running as much, taking the risk of injury. I, I don't. I'm not sure I buy that. I, you know, it's football. You go play. And uh, but Richardson did seem to be, especially in South Florida, he was reluctant to to run it. I, I think he's going to have to make plays with his feet if Florida's going to stay in this game and win this game. And you know, Hendon Hooker, I'm just been amazed at his great decision making. That's one of his strong points. And 
you know, his, uh, the fact that he doesn't throw interceptions and he doesn't put the ball in harm's way is, is a big bonus for Tennessee. And uh, in this game, if you make turnovers and you give them points, then, you know, that's going to keep them in the game. You can't, you can't have 11 penalties like they had last week and you can't have turnovers. It's kind of funny getting away from this game for a second. Uh, sports is just amazing because, you know, Hendon was brought in here by a coach who's no longer here, uh, running an offense he's never ran before. He was not pegged to be the starter last year, and he's come in and he's been – I mean, he's not been perfect, but he's been so good since really the Pittsburgh game last year. Um, it, it's kind of a breath of fresh air because it's been a little while since Tennessee's had this type of play at the quarterback position. Yeah, it has been. And, you know, Josh Heupel's – his whole deal is take care of the football, and Hooker's done that. He's 187 straight passes without an interception. Is That's an incredible mark. It's school record. And you think about a quarterback, a lot of times they'll throw the ball, and maybe it's an interception. It's not their fault. It'll be tipped at the line of scrimmage or bounce off the face mask of the receiver or something like that. But there's been none of that. And the fact uh, that he only threw three interceptions last year, is, and one of those was in his first game against Pittsburgh when he forced the ball a little bit. But he doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He doesn't take a lot of risks. And he's such a good decision maker. And uh, which is, when you think about it, as fast as they go, it's remarkable that he can get to the line of scrimmage, uh, take digest all the information, and then able to, you know, make sure he throws it to the right guy. That, that's what's really amazed me, the fact. And they want to go faster. And a lot of it's because Hendon Hooker can handle that. He can make decisions at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I talked to Hendon the other day about his the streak of 187, and he reminded me quickly he also has the record at Virginia Tech for <laughs> consecutive passes without throwing an interception. What's so that number? Do you know? I, I didn't ask him. I need. Yeah. I was gonna. I, I've got to look that up. In fact, I might do that when we get done here. Just, but yeah, he he quickly reminded me he's got the record at Virginia <laughs> Tech too. If I held two school records at, at two different programs, I think I'd remind you as well. Exactly. Exactly. I look at this Tennessee offense, and yeah, there's some guys. We'll have to see if they can go out there and give it a go. Cedric Tillman, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, but. For Tennessee's running game, I'm intrigued to see what it is because I don't think we know exactly what it is right now. I mean, they ran for over 200 yards against MAC opponents. They didn't even really try to run the football an awful lot um, against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. There's going to be opportunities there against Florida, nearly 300 yards given up against South Florida a week ago. Utah ran all over them, did a good job against Kentucky. I'm intrigued to see what Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, if he's in there, what this offensive line can muster up, and Hendon Hooker. I think, much like Richardson, if Tennessee's going to win this game, I think Hendon's going to have to run as well. Yeah, I think he'll have to make a couple of plays with his feet. The other thing, uh, as you mentioned, the running game, um, they're going to have to push the running game. You know, Josh Heupel tells you they want to run the ball first. You know, they want to spread you out, and then they want to run the ball. Uh, we'll see how healthy uh, the running backs are, Jabari Small. You know, shoulder injuries are nagging, and ankle injuries are nagging. You know, Samson's got kind of a banged-up ankle. But, uh, you know, they practiced this week, so I think they expect him to play. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee, for its offense to work, they've got to be able to run the ball. And, um, and with Tillman's status, you don't know exactly if he's going to play or not. That changes some of the complexion, too. Do you trust who's ever out there in his spot to, to pick up the load? Will Florida overload the other side to try and take Jalen Hyatt out of the formula? You know, it's, it's, that's what's going to make this game very intriguing as chess match. But um, Josh Heupel will tell you he wants to run the ball, and running the ball is going to be a key in this game. Even if Cedric Tillman can't go in this football game, I still like what Tennessee can do offensively. I, I have, um, I expect, I guess, Josh Apple to, to scheme up some things to get guys open in the back end. Now, 
you know, Brew McCoy, if you flip him over, you, you pair him with Jalen Hyatt or, you know, maybe even move Hyatt outside and bring in a new slot, you know, whatever you have to do to maybe mask that. I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. But Florida's got two safeties who are really good, Torrance and um, the other guy I'm blanking on right now. But they are really good safeties. I feel like the strength for Florida's defense comes from the back end. And Dean. Really, Dean. Dean. Trey Dean the third. Yeah, leading tackler for the Gators. I, I still like Hendon and, and the offense in that matchup, but obviously the strength is coming from the back end there. You know, but the way Tennessee plays, the way they spread you out, those safeties have to make a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to shade to this side? Are they going to try and stay in the middle of the field? If they stay in the middle of the field, Tennessee's throwing it long. If they come over and they try and take the, the, the fly pattern away, then you got Jalen Hyatt or a tight end right down the middle. Mm-hmm. So they pose a lot of problems. I, Hyatt, to me, is a guy, the last two weeks, I thought he was terrific. And I think Hyatt, with his speed, Florida's going to have a hard time matching up with him. So Hyatt might be the X factor in this game. Who knows? But uh, Or uh, Squirrel White, he might emerge as a – you know, you got that speed. But Tennessee wants to get those cornerbacks downfield and open things up in the middle. And they, and they try and make sure that – they see where the safeties. If the safeties cheat and they get out of the middle of the field, that opens that up. So, uh, you know, this Tennessee offense is really hard to defend if they're if it's clicking. If they're running the ball, and uh, and uh, they you got to load the box and then they throw it. And if you put the guys on the side, then they run it. So they've they've got a good plan, and we'll see how it works against Florida. It's going to be a good one regardless. Saturday, three thirty, and uh, Bob. Last thing here, I, I ask this to everybody, and, mm-hmm. and you know, in a week like this, because I think it's unique. Depending on, I think you might have a different answer than me. This game is obviously a rivalry game. You've been around this program for for a long time. Where you know, where does Florida stack up against the Alabamas, against the Vanderbilts, in terms of Tennessee's biggest rivalry game? I, you know, for us old guys, uh, it's still Alabama. I yeah. mean, that's the game that you. You really want to win. Florida has taken on a different perspective. You know, before the split to the divisions, Tennessee and Florida hardly ever played. Yeah. And uh, so for – See, that's been my entire lifetime Yeah, the split. So. Yeah, but before the split, you know, they only played a handful of times. And so there wasn't that heated rivalry. But then as soon as divisions came along, you had to win that game if you wanted to win the East. So that ramped up this Florida rivalry. Uh, it's, you know, right now it's uh, – Alabama, I think, still number one. But I think uh, – Florida's probably 1B. I mean, it's pretty close. So uh, I, I can't wait for the atmosphere Saturday at the stadium. I think it's going to be uh, unbelievable. I don't know about you, Eric, but every place I've gone, that's the first thing people talk about this week is, you know, Florida, Florida, Florida. So uh, I, I think they'll be jacked up. I think it's going to be great for college football and all the excitement. And uh, uh, these are the games that you like. I mean, these are the games you like to play in. These are the games you like to cover. These are the games you like to call. And I think fans like to go to these games, especially when Tennessee wins them. Well, Bob, we'll be listening. You guys will be on the air at, what, one thirty on Saturday? 1.30. 1.30. Pat and I will be there with Brent Hubs and the rest of the crew. We'll be ready to go. Great stuff there from Bob Kessling, the voice of the Vols. Of course, you can hear him along with Pat Ryan, Brent Hubs, and the entire Vol Radio Network, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. You hear him on the Monday shows as well, uh, right here in Knoxville locally at 99.1 The Sports Animal, and, of course, 107.7 WIVK. Guys, we are here. Happy game weekend. Happy college football weekend. It is rivalry week, Tennessee and Florida. Can't wait for this showcase. Can't wait to see what Neyland Stadium looks like. Um, It's going to be a fun atmosphere. If you're going, stay safe. Have a great time. And as always, 
We will recap it all on a Monday episode of Locked On Balls. Guys, I appreciate you. Can't thank you enough. Thanks for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Check out Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC. Make it your second listen. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a positive review. All the works, guys. Appreciate you. Y'all are the best. Same time, same place on a Monday morning. And let's see if we're recapping a Tennessee win over Florida. Have a great weekend, everybody.